0: What's up, guys? How's it going today? This is the Anthony McCauley Podcast. Hopefully, you guys are all having a wonderful evening, day, or night, wherever you guys are. Or the morning. I don't know if I just said that or not. But hopefully, you guys are having a good one. I know it's been a long time since I've been uh, uploading. I'm definitely going to start uploading. You know, I need to start uploading more. Frequently again, but anyway, it is currently Thursday, March twenty sixth, eight thirty, CST. So if you guys are able to tune into this one, uh, I've got we got a lot of news to get into because of all the days that I've missed. So there's going to be a lot of um today's episode is going to consist of a lot of things from this or a lot of deals that have happened this past week currently and last week. So there's definitely going to be a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, Another thing I wanted to get into is if you guys use the link anchor.fm forward slash Anthony Dash you guys can uh, click like, you can click a like button and follow it and kind of share it around if you guys like what you guys are seeing. So you go to anchor.fm forward slash anthony-mcculley. You guys can like and follow that, share it around, kind of get it out there. Also, um, if you guys also use that link, there's a donate feature that you guys can use to donate money that will help get the podcast better as I'm currently recording with earbuds. So what, uh, what donating would do is it wouldn't just go to me. It, it doesn't go, it wouldn't just go, it wouldn't just be used on me personally. I would use it towards the podcast to get, like, new equipment and stuff, like a microphone and stuff. So, that's kind of what that does. But, yeah, like, follow it, share it, share it all around. Um, you know, follow my social medias, Anthony McCulley on Facebook, the Anthony McCulley Podcast on Facebook. Instagram is McCulley Anthony backwards, just Anthony. Um, Yeah. And then my Twitter for you guys, if you guys also want to follow that and like that, follow it, and whatever. It is at Anthony, the A in Anthony's capitalized, at Anthony13063410. Again, that is at Anthony13063410. But with all of that being said already, I think we should, uh, you know, hop into things today. Um, So, yeah, let's just hop right into it then. We got a lot to talk about. So, on Monday, oh, so I'm going to do all of the things that happened before and then I'm going to talk about today's stuff, which so far there's only one thing. Um, I'll look into it more when I get done with everything else, and then I get into today's stuff I'll look more I'll look again to make sure there's so see if there's any other news Today wasn't a whole big day for news wise so but anyway, this past Monday, New England released kicker Stephen Gaskowski saving New England eight hundred thirty seven thousand five hundred dollars in cap room so Obviously, it was a cap room move. Now, I know that with him being a veteran in New England, you know, obviously he only played four games with New England this past season due to a hip surgery that took out the rest of his season. So that, that that's what sidelined him. Um. And then now just released him. Uh, New England does not have... Now, as far as moving forward now, New England does not have a whole lot of options. Also, keep in mind, Gaskowski is 36 years old, so he could have still played. Um, I don't... I I, I know that they're trying to save up cap room, but I, I don't think that that was... I feel like that kind of could have worked. Like, I feel like instead of... Like, if if it was because of Cap Room, which obviously it is, with it being because of Cap Room, I honestly think New England could have made... I feel like they could have... I don't know. It's kind of tough, because... I feel like they could have kind of... I feel like they kind of worked... I I feel like they could have worked around it a little bit with Stephen Gishkowski. I feel like... I feel like, you know, Bill Belichick obviously being the GM and Steven Giskowski. I feel like they both could have kind of sat down as men and they could have kind of, you know, assuming Steven Giskowski wants to stay in New England and Bill Belichick as GM wanting Steven Giskowski to come back, obviously there's got to be a mutual commitment. Obviously there's got to be commitment between the two for both of them, you know, Gaskowski's going to want to have to commit to being with the team still, despite his age. Belichick, as a GM and a head coach, is going to have to commit to continuing to want to work with him and coach him and keep him on the team. So obviously there's got to be a big commitment between the two. But assuming that would have happened, they both could have worked around the little obstacle and they could have got a deal done where it wouldn't have hurt the cap space a lot. Because, I mean, I feel like even with, you know, obviously they released them because of cap room. Now, obviously they wouldn't have saved over. I mean, obviously, if the, now, obviously, yeah, they could have done that, but. Then they wouldn't have gotten eight hundred thirty-seven thousand five hundred dollars off of Steven Gaskowski. Now, obviously that would not have happen. But they would have been able to keep Steven Gaskowski, which in my mind is a lot better of an option. And this was and this what leads me into the next thing I was gonna say, which is way which to me I feel like keeping Steven Giskowski is bigger than having eight hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars back. Like I feel like it's more valuable between the two. You'd rather have Steven Gaskowski. And that's what leads me into my next thing. Because of this, and and this is the main reason why I don't think that this was a very smart move. And they should have tried to work around this and make a deal done and get a deal done. This right here is the reason why I don't think this was a smart move by New England. Because you got free agent kickers. They're not good options, though. These options are very, very bad. There is not a lot of talent in these kickers. Now, I shouldn't say that. These guys have talent. But what I'm saying, what, you know, realistically I'm saying, for what Gaskowski is, what you're going to get, what you're, if you're thinking you can get what you got out of Gaskowski and these other free agent kickers, you're not going to get Unless you're cutting Greg Zerline. He might be the only one in the free agent pool, besides Gaskowski, which New England already had. But here's what we're currently looking at as potential Steven Gaskowski, you know, Steven Giskowski, uh backups here. So, obviously New England had, you know, and this is... New England's best kicker options in the free agency. So, they can go after Nick Folk again. You know, they had him for cheap, obviously, last season. Obviously, you know, they signed him after Gaskowski originally went down with the injury. They could re-sign him for cheap, like they did last year. He's at a point in his... He's at a point in his career where he's probably not going to ask very much. New England got him very, very cheap. Or... They could go after Greg Zerline. Obviously, a cannon for a leg. He might be their best option, but he is... He is, like, 30... He is around the same age as Guskowski, So he is up there. And then there's the ex-Titan Ryan Suckup. Best options, I would say, going forward here. Um... I don't know how far Ryan Suckup can kick. I know I know. I think it's, I want to say it's 50 plus yards. I think it's around 54, 55, I think it is. Somewhere around there. Um, I feel like out of these options, I feel like out of the three, Greg Znerlein going to be a little bit more money out of the three. So if you're looking for a cheaper option, it's definitely Nick Folker, Ryan Suckup. I feel like the cheapest would be Nick Folk. Second would be Rand Suckup. And third would be Greg Zerline as the most money. I feel like Greg Zerline would be the most money. Nick Folk would be the cheapest. Rand Suckup's in the middle. Um, That's their options going forward here. What I'm guessing, you know, this is obviously what I'm going off of as the top best kicking options right now. Not good. Not the best. Could be a lot better. But they're also not bad. They're kickers, so. And you could get them for cheaper, because they're just trying to get on teams at this point. But yeah. That's New England's options coming up and moving forward. I'll make sure to keep an eye on this as it goes forward and see what New England end up ends up doing. Also, side question here. Where do you guys think Steven Gaskowski will go now that he's off the now that he's off of New England? You know, obviously he's coming off of hip surgery, so I don't know if that'll be anything to look at. Um I know most guys, when they're off there that long and have had surgery like that, they're not allowed to, like, really do any activities to, like, refreshen up that leg or whatever. I don't know if this will affect him. I think he'll still be just as lethal as he was with New England. I think he'll still be just as accurate. You know, he was 80... He was, like, 80... What did it say? He was, like, 86 87% accuracy. Out of the four games last year, um, now obviously he's normally averaging around that per season, which is still which is really really good. Um, I think he'll still be lethal. He'll still be a great kicker coming into this season. But where do you guys think he'll go? You know, I I, I personally don't know. Um, I feel like. I feel like maybe Indianapolis could be a good po- could be a good option for him. Um Yeah, the Colts, you know, they could obviously use him. I feel like that would be a good choice to be a good good guy to get. But anyway, just a question I thought I had. But anyway, moving on here, uh, per Ian Rappaport on Monday, former Patriot Kyle Van Noy signed a four-year $51 million deal. 30 million guaranteed with the Detroit Lions. Now obviously that's a big, a big loss on New England's side. On New England's defensive side of the ball. Obviously the biggest question heading into uh the offseason this year, you know, after New England was one and out. Obviously the biggest question was, Oh, is New England gonna re sign Kyle Van Noy? Now obviously that did not happen. That is a big deal. A, a a big deal and a big contract for Detroit. That's a big deal that New England lost him. Uh it's also a big contract for Detroit, but you know, obviously seeing how he is as a player, that's worth it for them. Um Detroit, I They're gonna you're gonna have to watch out for them this year. They're gonna be riding in with a lot of hype this season. But yeah, so, you know, New England, obviously that's a big hole they're going to have to try and fill. They'll either look into free agency for a backup or they'll look into the draft. Um. You know, he, he is such a, the thing about Kyle Van Noy is he has a lot of things that you just, you know, he's got a lot of, Traits that you just really can't teach anymore. He's got, you know, he's very lethal. He's very, he's very mindful of the game. And he just, he seems to know what you're going to, like, he seems to know what's going to happen before it happens. And that's what's crazy. He knows what's going to happen before it happens. And that's why he got so many picks, so many, you know, he got three forced fumbles last year. Couple picks you know it's crazy he just jumps in front of that ball, you know he's just he's very very lethal, and that that he's very scary too when you're not you know when you're not paying attention, you know offensively Kyle van Noy that's where Kyle van Noy can really hurt you when you when he catches you slipping when he catches you lacking he will he will he will let you know that you messed up, and that's what's you know. That's a big loss on New England's end. You know, that's some a big, very big linebacker position they're going to have to fill. So we'll see what happens there. Also, moving on here, per Ian rep report also, last Wednesday, the Lions signed defensive tackle Danny Shelton on a two-year, $8 million deal. Very minimal deal, small contract, not very big. Danny Shelton, though, obviously a big loss on New England's defensive side. Obviously a defensive tackle on New England last these last two seasons. Won one title out of two years. Stop not bad. You know? So it's, it's going to be... Now, we'll see what New England does here because obviously Danny Shelton and Lawrence Guy, you know, with New England these last two years, have played along each other majority of their snaps. You know, I wanna say about I wanna say about sixty five to seventy percent of the time Lawrence Guy and Danny Shelton were out there together. You know, they were they they were a very dynamic duo and they both did wonders for that New England defense. Obviously a big part of that defensive line. So to see Danny Shelton leave Stings, that, that does not feel too good. I bet from New England that that's not going to feel too good, knowing this. But um, yeah, he's on the Lions, you know. This Lions team this offseason, they're really making moves. But it's all about how they, you know, at the end of the day, this is how, you know, Detroit, they're going to have to be able to prove that they're worth the hype that they're going to be bringing in this next season. They're going to have to be able to prove it on the field. You know, if they're worthy of the hype, they shouldn't have a losing record, you know, so we'll just see what happens there. Uh, but also on a separate trade the same day, the Lions acquired former Patriot also safety Duran Harmon in a separate trade. Like I just said, Um, I want to go back into the contract details on ESPN.com ESPN.com's official site. I have an official article right here from the trade deals, so I want to kind of get into that a little bit. So let's kind of see here. So obviously the Patriots. Oh here, here. Well, first let me say this. Obviously, the Lions acquired safety Duran Harmon from New England uh, on Wednesday, last Wednesday, in a separate trade, pending a physical. Detroit also announced that. Here we get into the pick. Here we get into the kind of what, how the deal went down, I should say, essentially. So essentially what happened, Patriots traded obviously Durant Harmon and a seventh round pick, overall 235, and received a fifth round pick in return. It's a it's an overall 172. The It goes on to say that New England's motivation to make the trade was clearly a cap space situation, obviously. Needed to try and save up cap room. But obviously, Duran Harmon being kind of a veteran on that defensive side of the ball, being with New England for the past seven, seven eight years. So obviously, that's a big deal. But Harmon did clear up, or excuse me. Harmon, if he would have stayed on New England... If New England would've kept him, he would have been scheduled to count up to five point seventy five million on the salary cap. Now obviously with New England's already very low cap room situation, that's a lot of space taken up by one guy. Um now obviously for New England this wasn't this isn't an off season where You know, normally they head into the offseason with a whole bunch of money to spend. And this has been one of, this is obviously one of those seasons, offseasons where it's not that case. And they have to try and work around it. Now, yeah, that's, that's the whole, you know, that's the uh, numbers on that deal. So I kind of just thought I'd get into that too. But, yeah, I think that that, you know, obviously that's a a big thing because, you know, Duran Harmon's been on that, you know, been in that safety position for New England for so long. And they're so used to all these guys and now to have to be able to change them and be able to replace them is so very difficult in today's league. You know, obviously with a lot of guys already being, a lot of elite players already being signed, obviously there's not a whole lot of guys left. So New England's gonna have to hurry up and try to make a strike a deal here or make a you know, or make a signing in free agency, whatever they're gonna do. Or wait till the draft. I really don't know. But this is all I really know. And yeah, we'll see what New England ends up doing on safety. You know, they still got and you know, that defensive side of the ball though is still very, very it's still very lethal. They still got Jason McCourty, still got Devin McCourty. You know, obviously they lost a lot of great guys, though, and I know that that's hard to kind of overlook and say, well, they lost all these guys. What do they really have on defense? That is, That is true. They did lose a lot of captains, a lot of veterans, uh, a lot of defensive-minded players on that team, very smart football players. And that does sting. But, you know, knowing New England, they're always able to replace these guys with people that, Seem to be absolutely nothing. And New England seems to be able to turn them into play- superstars. So we'll see what New England does. Um, but yeah, that's what kind of happened there. Moving on here. Last last Tuesday, per Ian Rapp report, the Lions signed Jamie Collins, former Patriot once again, to a three-year $30 million deal with $18 million guaranteed. Now... Obviously, they only signed him this past season to a one-year deal, and then they just let him walk into free agency. And then that's when this deal got struck, got stricken for Detroit. Now, obviously, that's another big defensive loss for New England. So that's already that's already Tom Brady, Kyle Van Noy, Deron Harmon, Jamie Collins. That's already a lot of big losses. And then you got and then you hear about Jamie Collins. Now obviously that's a you know, he in in his second stint coming back from New England since they traded him, you know, obviously he had he has quite experience with New England. You know, obviously with him being drafted there in twenty thirteen, playing till late mid twenty sixteen, being traded to Cleveland comes back during the 2019 season. Does a has a hell of a season with New England on his second stint, I and mean, he did amazing. Couple forced fumbles, couple, couple picks. You know, a lot of great defensive plays this last season. He did he, he did wonders for this New England D this past season, and that's definitely going to be missed. You know, and we'll see what New England also does here. I mean they'll probably look into free agency to replace him. You know, obviously, it's probably got something to do with age. I'm not sure. Um, you know, it's also, you know... Um, you know, I'm sure it's also probably a cap cap situation. You know, most of these things that New England's doing, it's because of the cap. So, you know, this this is probably a cap situation where, you know, New England couldn't re-sign him because he probably wanted, you know, a decent amount of money that New England just really can't afford to give him. And so, like everyone else that has been signed to new teams, he decided, uh, you know, they decided to let him hit free agency, let him walk, and then sign with a new team. So, that's just, it is what it is. Uh, That definitely sucks if you're New England because... Had they just had a little bit more money, they would have been able to re-sign a lot of these guys, and they had to let them walk. Basically forced to let them walk because they can't, re- they can't re-sign them. Because all these guys, they play so well, then they want extra money that New England just couldn't give them. And that's just, you know, obviously that's the situation. But it just sucks. But anyway, moving on here is I got a little bit more to do. A little bit more to go. Uh, yesterday, per Adam Schefter, the Bucks re-signed, not re-signed, but, you know, picked up again Ndamukong Su to a one-year, $8 million deal. Obviously, they had him signed before, and then they cut him because of cap room, and then they re-signed him just recently, just yesterday. So, obviously, a very... uh a very, very dominant force of nature, if you will, for Ndamukong Su. Obviously a very big player. V- kind of dirty at times, Um, but I think overall, he's got talent. You know, you could say how much you want about, you know, and I, I do agree at times about his ways of... How he is, like how he acts on the field. I know that he's had some situations that I do not agree with, but um, you can't deny his talent that he does possess, and you know he's got, he's got a quite a bit of it. Now we'll see what happens here. Obviously, the Nadalakong is only a one-year deal, eight million. Um, it's probably because of a cap room that they only can do one year. If they probably would, they probably would only they probably do a couple of years. And a little bit more money. But I feel like Kong Su is okay with taking this money. it doesn't sound like if he won if he wanted more, he probably would have Declined it. But it's also probably a mix of, oh, I wanna be on a team. I'm not gonna really try and mess with my con like a contract. I'm just gonna take what's being given and leave it at that. And and for the situation that Devin Kong sues in, that's probably a smart thing to do. Um, otherwise, he might not end up on a team. But yeah, not a whole lot there. Just thought I'd, you know, obviously toss that in there. Here's also a big one from last Wednesday. Teddy Bridgewater signed three-year, $63 million deal, mega deal, with Carolina, leaving, uh, leaving Cam Newton without a team now. As he was obviously released, which I do get into later. Saying Cam Newton was released on Tuesday, um, that was going to be my next thing, but it kind of ties into that. So with obviously, with that signing of Teddy Bridgewater comes the release of Cam Newton. Uh, again, Teddy Bridgewater signs a three-year, sixty-three million-dollar deal. Now, if I'm Teddy Bridgewater, I would have to, I would, ha- I would say, what an opportunity this is, you know. This is coming from a guy that, you know, and if you're Carolina, though, you got to be looking at this as a great opportunity because, you know, you're looking at a guy who last year took control of a New Orleans Saints team that no one thought was going anywhere after Drew Brees got injured. And then you got Titty Bridgewater jumping in there and just completely taking over and wrecking uh, wrecking havoc on any team that they face. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, obviously, obviously by the time the season ended, Teddy Bridgewater had a positive record with New Orleans. Everyone thought, you know, oh, everyone thought, oh, Drew Brees is hurt. New Orleans is going to lose out the rest of their games. They're going to end up with a crappy record, end up with a shitty record. And then here you have Teddy Bridgewater ending the season on a positive record. On a positive note, so you got to think that, you know, you as, as Carolina, you got to think that Teddy Bridgewater is going to do wonders for your team. After feeling good of what he did last year, you must, you know, they must be feeling really well entering this season with Teddy Bridgewater. I think, you know, obviously he's not the best quarterback that you could get but I I definitely think that looking at last season, I think that he's got a lot to offer still. And he he, he you can't say that oh you know Teddy Bridgewater's is gonna be a fluke you know he's gonna he's a fluke. He had a couple good games. If it was a fluke, it only been it would only would have been one good game. But he came out and played. Five, six, great five to six to so seven great games to end the year. You know he did amazing, and so if you're a Carolina, you got to be thinking that you're in a good spot with Teddy Bridgewater, and I think they are too. I think they're better off. I think. See now, when you think of oh, who would you rather have, Teddy Bridgewater, or Cam Newton, as far as. Now, it depends on how you're looking at it, because, yeah, like I said, it all depends on where you're looking at it. If you're talking about last this past season's stats, like a you know, stat-wise this past season, you're thinking, you, you know, you're definitely going to take Teddy Bridgewater over Cam Newton. You know, Cam Newton's not that... Cam Newton's not that Ricky Cam Newton anymore. He's not that... You know he's not that anymore. He's not that Cam Newton anymore. He's just not that version of himself anymore. You know that first year. He was playing like that Heisman player he was. You know dodging tackle. He was his rookie season. He reminded me a lot of Lamar Jackson. How Lamar Jackson is now. That's how Teddy. That's how Cam Newton was coming into the league, following his Heisman win. Heisman Trophy win in college. That's how Cam Newton was entering the NFL, as in his first couple of seasons with the Carolina Panthers. Um. So yeah. But if you're if you're looking at this current past season, you would definitely take Teddy Bridgewater, and I think because of this past season, Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to be your best bet. And another reason why Cam Newton, you know has gone, you know, another reason why he's declined is because he he's just, these past, I don't know, I want to say, you know, because Carolina really started to decline after Super Bowl 50. You know, after the appearance of Super Bowl 50, the year after Super Bowl 50's appearance. So, you know, they made Super Bowl 50, obviously got killed by the Broncos. You know, following that season, the Carolina Panthers sucked. You know, that was their, since then, they've just sucked. You know, they've done. They've been terrible. And since then, from then to now, Cam Newton has been injured so many times. They've never really had, you know, obviously the year that they made Super Bowl 50. Even though they lost, that year, you know, they had... A consistent offense. They had a consistent defense. And since then, they just haven't had any of that. You know, since then, they haven't had any good, they haven't had any sort of consistent offense. That whole year leading up to Super Bowl 50, the whole year leading up to them making Super Bowl 50, what did they all have? Oh, they had consistent players. They had a consistent Cam Newton. They had a consistent offense as a whole. They had a consistent defense as a whole. They played well in all three phases of the game. Offense, defense, special teams. They played well in everything. Post-Super Bowl 50. So from Super Bowl 50 to now, since then, since then, they've had no consistent quarterback, and actually an injury-prone quarterback at that, No, but yeah, no consistent quarterback, an injury prone quarterback, no consistent offense, no consistent defense, no consistent special teams. Since then, all of those things have combined to be a completely, terribly ass team. Since then, they have been completely ass. They will, they have never been good. You know, you think of Carolina, you would think, oh, their last time being good was the year they made Super Bowl 50. Since then, they've been ass. No consistent quarterback, no consistent offense, no consistent defense. That whole year leading up to Super Bowl 50, what did we see? We saw Cam Newton making great throws. We saw Cam Newton making, you know, great reads. He was calm in the pocket. They had a great offensive line that could hold. That could hold the defensive players for Cam Newton to actually have a chance to throw. They had a great defense, so that way you know they had a great defense ball Hawking defense, not a lot of points for their for the other offense wasn't being scored cam or er, Carolina was always scoring. they were doing well. they were killing opponents by almost 50, by almost ten plus points a game since then they've been asked. None of that has been good. So when you look at that, and you look at what they're doing, and you look at what Carolina's doing now, you can tell they're at least trying to change. And that's what moved them away from Cam Newton. Since then, all of that building up is what pushed Cam Newton out the door. And and a lot of people are mad about that. I, I for one, me personally, I agree with Carolina's move. I don't think Cam Newton's your answer anymore. You know? Since that Super Bowl fifty year, he has been nothing but bad. He he has he has literally done nothing for Carolina since then. Literally. You know, he's not that like I said, he's not that same Cam anymore where oh he's di- he's that Lamar Jackson type anymore. He's just not that anymore. He can still shut a tackle or two, but he's just been injured too much. His body's way weaker now; he's just not making those plays anymore, but yeah that that's basically all I had to say about that I mean that there's you know obviously as a Carolina fan, I'm sure it, it sucks to see, but you know that that's just what that is essentially and but yeah, so moving on though, as I kind of ranted there, moving on though last week, Dallas resigned wide receiver Amari Cooper, on an agreement in principle on five years, $100 million deal six, with up to $60 million in guarantees, reported first by ESPN on an official website, on the official page, in an official article. Um, now, a lot, obviously, a big question heading into the offseason was, is Dallas going to re-sign Amari Cooper is he gonna stay? You know, obviously there was talks about him possibly going to New England. That was just a rumor that was never actually a thing. Uh, they were actually they were never actually in talks, so that that never really was going to happen. But I, I'm I'm glad to see Amari Cooper kind of going back into Dallas. You know, obviously his first season played a couple of games. His first season with Dallas, played a couple games, ended up getting injured for the rest of the year. And then everyone thought, you know, he was going to be this great player. That ended up being a bust that year because he got injured. And everyone thought, oh, you know, everyone thought, oh, this was a terrible trade then. Everyone thought this trade was amazing when he first got traded there. And then he gets injured and then everyone thinks that it was the worst trade ever. I don't know what side I am on. Actually, I kind of am in. I I am in. I am on the side of Dallas for making this move. I'm glad that they did. Obviously, in order to keep Dak around, you need to keep a good offense. That's not good. You know, he's not going to want to go back to a team where his where his offense is ass. So that's that's good. Not a whole lot there though. Um, moving on. Though here is here's a kind of a question I wanted to kind of get into, as I saw this on the official NFL website. Current teams in need of a quarterback. You got the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Broncos, and the Raiders. Now, I correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it's the Bengals that have that first pick, and then I think it's the Broncos with the third. And the Dolphins, I don't know when. But I'm pretty sure the Bengals are first, the Broncos are third. And I don't know when the Raiders or Dolphins are at. But, you know, we'll see if Joe Burrow ends up being a Bengal as a number one overall pick. Or if it'll be Tua as the number one pick. I don't know. Um, We'll see. But, yeah, so this will be interesting. It's, you know... I think that, you know, and I was kind of like, I kind of asked this question, you know, I was kind of thinking of this question because, you know, I I kind of was like, I could ask this question and see what would be the best fit for Cam Newton heading forward, you know, going forward for Cam Newton as he was, you know, obviously with him being released. Out of those four teams, Bengals, Dolphins, Broncos, Raiders, I don't think it'll be the Bengals. I think the Bengals will end up taking Joel Burrow, honestly. I don't think they're going to take Tua, and the reason why... The reason why I don't think Tua is going to be first overall, and I think I've mentioned this in a previous episode, is I don't think he will be because teams are going to look at the fact that he got injured, you know, he got injured this past season. Teams are going to look at that, and they're going to be like, "He's going to end up being a bust." They don't want him. It could end up. A, it could end up proving to affect him in the NFL. No team. No team with their first overall pick is going to waste it on a guy that got injured. They're going to. Who are you going to want? Are you going to. Are you going to want a Heisman winner and a national championship winner, or are you going to want. Or are you going to want, a guy that was injured. The year before he makes it to the NFL or the year before he declares for the NFL draft with your number one pick. What one are you going to choose? I know for me, I would choose the Heisman winner. I would choose the guy that won the national championship. If I was the Bengals, I would be picking Joe Burrow. You know, and obviously I think Joe Burrow is honestly more consistent than Tua anyway. Um, Obviously they can both lay, lay out absolute bombs. But I think Joe Burrow is just a tad better. And I think Joe Burrow will be the Bengals' pick. I think, though, because this was mainly a question for Cam Newton, I don't, I I think, you know, and obviously with the Broncos, you know, and it could be the Broncos, because remember, they did release Joe Flacco this offseason. Obviously meaning that they need a quarterback. I could see Cam Newton going to the Broncos. I really, really could. You know, I don't know what Denver's current situation is. I don't know if they've already signed someone or not. I'm actually going to look into that right now because I don't know if they even signed. I don't know what their whole current situation is because I feel like if they didn't pick anyone up yet, Like, as far as the quarterback goes, I think that they could end up taking Cam Newton. Because I think that he could be a very good fit there. So. I don't think. Okay, so. New Broncos, QB, backup QB, Jeff Driscoll. Looking forward to serving a support system for Drew Locke. Oh, so. So. Drew Locke is on Denver, so that means, oh, yeah. So that means he might not then. I, I'm honestly not sure where he would go. I I'm honestly not sure. I know that where he does go, though, he'll probably be a starter. He could go to Denver still. Out of those four teams, I feel like he's most likely to go there. But we'll see. Well, yeah. I guess the last thing that I got for the past news, not counting today, is last week Marcus Mariota signed a two-plus-year deal worth up to $17.6 million. million of that will be guaranteed, and it also carries a max value of 37.5 million dollars. Now, the two plus year part, they don't really have specific year. If they say two plus years, over two years, I'm thinking it's probably around four. I mean, if it's 17.6 million in total with 17.5 million guaranteed. I'm willing to bet you it's probably a 4 to 5 year contract if it's up to if it's that much money. Now, I can look into later on if this was what exactly what specific amount of years, but as of right now I know it's just a two plus year. Now, now obviously Marcus Mariota isn't obviously going to be Obviously, he didn't stay with Tennessee because, obviously, Tennessee re-signed Ryan Tannehill, which I did talk about before. So, obviously, that's why Marcus Mariota, not on their team anymore. I think this is a good deal. I think this is good. This is definitely a a good signing, I would say. It's definitely worth it for them, probably. But, anyway, moving on to today's stuff. That I did have from before. Um. Oh, here we go. The first thing got for today is today the. Yeah. Okay. Today the Colts signed former Viking cornerback Xavier Rhodes. The Colts are adding former first round pick to their secondary after both sides agreed to terms on a one year deal per Ian Rappaport and Rhodes' agent, Sonny Shaw. It's reportedly worth up to $5 million, per Tom Pellicero. The move instantly plugs a hole created by the recent starter, Pierre Des- Desir, four days prior. Once viewed as one of the game's top corners, Rhodes, age 29, was released on March 13th by the Vikings following disappointing 2019 campaign. Now obviously this is a big deal because you know the Vikings with Xavier Rhodes they knew that he was a locked down corner and he really really is. Snatches a lot of picks and he's a ball hawk at that. He's not big but he's very very lethal. Even though he's not big he's still very good. And the fact that Minnesota lost him is is huge. Um, I think I think another thing, I think what it is also is Minnesota's probably going into some sort of... They're most likely either going through a situation of cap room. You know, they're trying to loosen up the cap room, so they just purposely let Xavier walk. Or Minnesota's just going through a random... ...off-season... ...wow, well, what's the word I'm looking for? A random off-season... ...you know... ...they're just trading all their veterans... ...to rebuild. They could just be going through a random rebuild off-season process. You never know. A lot of things kind of go into that. A lot of things go into that sort of stuff. But here's what I was going to talk about before. So... Cornerback Darquez, I think I'm saying right, Darquez Dennard, had agreed originally to join Jacksonville, following the start of this new league year, but that has reportedly fallen through. The Jaguars will not be employing Dennard. It is reported that the reason why is because the two sides couldn't come to an agreement. On the final contract terms. So they had it all set up, everything was set up, it came to the final contract terms just to double check, and they couldn't come to agreement with it. And that was reported by Tom Pellicero. So that for that he is restricting he is currently staying an unrestricted free agent. Dennard was set to sign this three year thirteen point five million dollar deal with six million guaranteed. Tom Palacero reported that on March 17th. Instead, the corner is still available for hire in an unusual outcome. Now, obviously, that sucks because this was supposed to happen, and it didn't happen. You know, obviously, for any team, that sucks, and that's something that you wish never happens, but it did. And so I'll keep an, make sure to keep an eye on Derquez Dennard to see where he ends up going, or if he even... You know, or if he even plays at all, which I highly you know, I I doubt that'll be the situation. He'll probably end up on a team a little bit before the season. So we'll see where that we'll see where he ends up going. My guess is he won't go be anywhere until after the draft is done. Players you know, teams kinda of start to figure out more who's gonna be on the team. They kinda of have a better look on who's gonna be there, who's not, that sort of deal. So My guess would be Dennard will not be on a team until after April, until until late April, early May at that. But yeah, I'll make sure to keep an eye on that. Also, I guess the last big news I kind of have to talk about today is, you know, obviously this offseason, it's been back and forth with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, you know. Originally he wasn't originally he wasn't going to go there. You know, originally he wasn't going to resign. He was gonna end up going to free agency. Then they got into contracts with him again. You know, they got into talks again. Then they backed out. And now they're starting back up again. So this is coming from reporting from Nick Shook, uh, NFL senior writer. This is coming off of NFL's Official website on an official article on NFL.com. So goes on to say that him, you know, obviously Dak Prescott and um, the Dallas Cowboys are working officially again on a long-term contract because for someone like Dak, they they picture him as a, you know, they're picturing Dak as a future quarterback. For their team. They're picturing him as a guy that they're gonna want for their next fifteen, twenty years. That's that when they think of a long-term quarterback, they think of Dak Prescott. Obviously they obviously they you know they want Dak Prescott because they wouldn't keep on going back and forth on terms. If they didn't want him, they wouldn't be going they wouldn't be trying to continually try and work with them. And obviously I hope a deal gets done. Um I'm sure whatever I'm sure whatever deal ends up being, it's gonna be a monster contract. It's gonna take a monster deal is what it sounds like. Because I, I've heard you know, I've kinda of heard talks of it before where it made it sound like Dales tried to make a a long term deal, but not a lot of money. And he ended up declining it. So that's how we all know that it's gonna end up being a major big contract if when it does happen when it does when it does indeed happen but yeah that's all i really got for today guys i know there was a lot that's all that, that's all i got today so yeah that was a lot of stuff remember though guys if you guys do in fact like what you hear and like my content make sure you go to anchor.fm forward slash anthony dash Use that link, like and follow my page, share it around social media, share it around Facebook. Uh, remember to like and follow my Facebook page. My personal is Anthony McCulley. My I have a pod I have a Facebook page for the podcast, the Anthony McCulley Podcast on Facebook. Go ahead and like and follow that as a post news on that page as well. Also, make sure you follow my Instagram. It's McCullyAnthony, backwards, just McCullyAnthony, all lowercase. My Twitter's at Anthony, the A is capitalized, at Anthony13063410. Again, that is at Anthony13063410. Go ahead and follow that to make to follow up on news as well. Well, without the way, guys, that was the Anthony McCully podcast, and I'll see you guys in another episode. Peace out.